Come on, let's do that together right now. Raise it. Praise the name of the Lord. We bless you today. We bless you today. We bless you today. Amen. 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 If you came for a program, you came to the wrong place. So you can participate. That's what the resurrection is all about. It's not so you can stand back in applause and say, Great job, Jesus. The reason he came out of the grave was because of you and me. So that we could enjoy the blessings and the freedoms of sin forgiven and mercy extended. Amen. Why don't you turn to two or three people and smile and say, You know what? I'm glad to be in church on Easter morning. God, all dressed up and somewhere to go. Amen. Thankful that each of you are here, all of our guests. It's good to see you. Our great Greater Life family, we thank you for your faithfulness. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I tell you what, there's of all the services that intimidate me, Easter morning is one of those that intimidates me. I mean, how in the world do you improve on He is not here. <laughs> he is... Re- I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I kind of feel like that golfer that was out one day playing golf and he came to a hole that had water, big water hole in front of it, so he reached in his pocket and got out an old ball and put it on the tee and started to line up and a voice whispered to him said use a new ball he looked around he didn't see anybody he thought well okay so he pulls the new ball out puts it on the tee and he starts back to, to he said well take the voice speaks and says take a swing just take a practice swing he took a practice swing and the voice come back and said put the old ball back on the tee <laughs> That doesn't have anything to do with Easter. I just think it's funny. For all the golfers here. (laughs) Amen. You just can't get any better than what we have heard this morning. Amen. For just a few moments, Romans chapter 5. Romans, the fifth chapter, one verse of scripture. I love Romans 5. If you ever want to know about the wonders of grace... The seven wonders of grace are spoken of in this fifth chapter. And I don't have time to go into all of them, but it is such a powerful and enlightening portion of Scripture. But verse number 10 has been speaking to my spirit for several weeks, months, I guess. Uh, And I want to bring it to your attention for just a few moments. 
Romans chapter 5, verse number 10. If you don't have a Bible, uh, it's on the screen and it reads like this. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Very powerful word, reconciled. It literally means exchanged. There was an exchange that took place. Amen. For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Amen. Saved by his life. That's what I want to speak to you about for a few moments this morning. Would you clap your hands to the Lord and give him another another shout of praise? We bless you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When Leonardo da Vinci was 43 years of age, the Duke of Milan asked him to paint the dramatic scene of Jesus' last supper with his disciples. Working slowly and giving meticulous care to all of the details, he spent three years on this assignment. He grouped the disciples in threes and two groups on either side of the central figure of Christ. Christ's arms were outstretched and in his right hand he held a cup painted beautifully with marvelous realism. When the masterpiece was finished, the artist said to his friends, I want you to observe it and give me your opinion of this painting. And the man, as he looked at it, exclaimed, he said, it's wonderful, it's so wonderful. The cup is so real, I cannot divert my eyes from it. At which Leonardo da Vinci bolted across the room and he took his brush and he swiped across the cup with his paintbrush and he made this statement, nothing shall distract from the figure of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I come to tell you this morning, nothing should distract us from the simple fact that He is alive this morning. I know He is because He lives in my soul. Would you praise Him and bless Him one more time? Amen. Some of you need to wake up. Now this isn't a movie. You didn't pay your 25 cents to get in and get free popcorn. This is church. Now, some places you go to church, maybe they act like that. But around here, we got something inside of us that's alive. Yeah. Are there any living people in this building today? Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Praise God. Well, I better calm down. There's no more powerful message in all the world than what Matthew and Mark and Luke and John recorded. Matthew said this, In the beginning of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, 
Luke picked up the pen and said they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. That is the message that we rejoice in this morning. That he is alive forevermore. This is and was the greatest single event in all of the history of mankind. For it both shook the world and it changed the world forever, ever. And it is that victory today that you and I get to enjoy and celebrate. Every year thousands of people will climb a mountain in the Italian Alps and passing what they will see a depiction of the stations of the cross And they stand at last at the last place or what appears to be the last place which is an outdoor crucifix. One tourist that came one day noticed a little trail that led beside this monument of the crucifix and he was surprised. And so he walked down that trail but it was overgrown. You could tell It had not been walked down in a long period of time. But as he made his way through the brush, he finally came upon another shrine. And it was the shrine that was a symbol of the empty tomb. But it was the one that was neglected. The brush had grown around it and had covered it up. And almost everybody had gone as far as the cross But there were few that went beyond the cross to find that there was an open tomb. I'm here to tell you again and again and again. We celebrate an empty tomb today. We celebrate the life and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice not over a grave, but we rejoice over an empty tomb, grave clothes that were left to the side, a stone that was rolled away. I believe that the resurrection is the touchstone of our destiny and all of mankind's destiny. This truth we celebrate today exerts the most powerful influence over our life and the implications of His life and resurrection has changed my life. No phase of my life has been left out and unaffected by the fact that he lives today. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, there is hope and there is joy. Whenever the tidings of of this resurrection message has been preached It has altered the living and it has altered the thinking of people. It brightens every corner of the earth and it brightens every life 
and it will brighten every home. Every good thing that we enjoy today is a byproduct of the gospel of the living Lord. My emancipation and your freedom this morning. Every form of tyranny that had held my life, it is broken by the power of his resurrection. I am so thankful that death could not hold him and the sting of death was taken away. Amen. He offered himself a ransom for sinners at Golgotha, the place of the skull. He was placed in the borrowed tomb. But on that first Easter morning, as it began to dawn, I love those words, as it began to dawn. That is the perfect description of what the resurrection really means. The resurrection is the dawn of everything new and fresh. It is the beginning of so many wonderful things. A new day, a new hope, a new promise, a new relationship, and all of that I get to experience today. Somebody ought to clap your hands because of what you get to enjoy today because he lives. Amen, amen. We will, to the time of the end, feel the effects and enjoy the benefits of what he accomplished on that morning. Several months ago, this text that I read from captured my imagination that if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his death, how much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life. The words that are used there invite our attention. We shall be saved by his life. Literally, it says, we shall be saved in his life. It is because he lives that I live today. It is because he lives that you can enjoy the freedom that you enjoy. It is because he lives that we can sing and rejoice. It's because he lives we have something to be happy about. Somebody, you ought to take a moment and notify your face. You have a reason to smile. You have a reason to rejoice. You have a reason to be happy. Because he lives. Amen. There are certain statements in scripture that sum up and combine all of the essential truths and doctrines of our faith in an exceptional way. And this particular passage of scripture in simple words gives us the supreme truth of our faith. My salvation, listen to me, my salvation today is not due simply because he died. He died, yes, and what he did on the cross was complete and it was a finished work. There was no greater work needed, nor will there ever be a greater work needed. But listen to me. Death alone is not what I rejoice over today. What I rejoice over is that he lives. He may have died, but he came back to life. And he lives inside of me today. 
Amen. This is the truth of our passage. Death was a, was, was, his death was a wonderful thing. There was a price that was paid for sin. Finally, there was a price. Sin was condemned and forgiven in the cross, but salvation in its fullest is a result of his coming forth from the grave. It is victorious over hell and death. His death affected my reconciliation. Sin had separated me from God, but because he offered a perfect sacrifice, God said, I accept that is what I need to bring this back together. And so it affected my reconciliation, that exchange that was taken place. But my deliverance this morning would be incomplete if he did not come out of that grave. The reason I rejoice is because he did come forth from that grave. Hallelujah. His death, his death is the proof of his interest in me and his sacrifice for me. But it was his being raised to life that has given me the power to enjoy the sacrifice that he made. I am telling you today, the reason that I am singing and the reason that I rejoice and the reason that I lift my hand is not that he just went into the grave, but that he came out of the grave. Hallelujah. Once a sacrifice upon the altar, now the high priest of the holiest and the highest. Once the propitiator of my sins, but now my intercessor forever. His life has been made effective in my life. Not just by the cross, but by the possibilities that were unleashed when he came out of that grave. He purchased my life with his death, but he perfects my life and he brings it to its fullness by his life. I am thankful that he is alive today. He died that my sins could be condemned and forgiven, but he lives to save us from those sins. He died to make me holy, but he lives to make me free. Somebody ought to clap your hands again. Oh, yes. He lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. Oh, yes. Come on. Let's do it a little bit longer. Hallelujah. We are saved by his life. Saved by his life. Turn to your neighbor and say that. You're saved by his life. Amen. It would be a dreary message that only took us to the tomb. But what his story does is take us beyond the tomb. What does his victory mean to you and I today? Because he lives, I can live also. Because he lives, our life, his life, our, our, our wounds can be healed. It loosens the chains that hold us. Because of his life, it eases of, on, from us the burden 
of our failure because he is alive. It frees us from the captivity and the slavery that we experience to the devil because he lives. He restores to us true liberty and freedom because he lives. He beautifies my soul anew today because he lives. He settles peace and joy in my heart every day of my life because he lives. He enables me to live a life above reproach because he lives. He strengthens me to resist evil because he lives. He fortifies me against temptation and because he lives, he repairs my inward man and brings it to its fullest purpose. Hallelujah. He is alive. I said he is alive. He lives. He lives. He lives. What does the fact that he lives signify to me today? It declares that the victory of Jesus and the promises that he made destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. He, has not de- he was not defeated, but he defeated death. Our victory, my victory, is tied to his victory. My fears, my tears, my sorrows, my doubts, my failures, all of them are tied together in the victory and given to me an overcoming triumph because he lives. His resurrection and life is the motivating power of my purpose today. The reason that I even got up and came to church isn't because I know he's in a tomb, but I know the tomb is empty. I'm not here today because he just died for me. I'm here because he lives for me and he lives in me. And you can live also because he lives. Some of you need to get some of that life flowing in you right now. Yeah. The reason you have hope for the future, the reason you can sing your song today is because he lives. Amen. To everyone here today, the resurrection means that there is an all-sufficient Savior, an almighty living God whom you can know. Amen. And if you will allow him into your life, and you will allow him to fulfill his purpose in your life, he will help you understand what real living is all about. Amen. I find in the risen Christ a prophecy of our own resurrection. As he arose, so his people arise. The Bible said he is the first fruit to the assurance and promise that there is more to come. Amen. I am sown in weakness, but I am raised in life. I would like to walk through the cemeteries of the dead today, and I would like to scream out to the dead, dead dreams, dead hopes, dead family members, dead life. I would like to scream, He's alive! He's alive! He lives! And because he lives, you shall live also. Oh, yes. It is that life that gives you and I a future and a hope. It's not just the past that we focus on, 
but it is the promise of the future. Saved by his life. Because he lives, he is continually calling us into the future that is bright with hope. So many times in our human journey, we get bogged down by our failures and the mistakes. And the enemy reminds us of how faulty we are and how flawed we are. But because he lives, his life is continually calling to us, saying, come on, come, you can come out of that. You can overcome that. You can defeat that. You can put that behind you because you have a future. You have a hope. You have a joy beyond this present moment. I've come to tell somebody on this Easter morning, you need to stop looking back and start looking up. You need to stop looking back and start looking forward because your Redeemer lives and because He lives. Amen. Praise God. Because He lives, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The reason that we sing today. Amen. You know, I've heard that possums are smart animals. You wouldn't think so because most of them we see are dead on the side of the road. There's an old joke that says, why did the chicken cross that road? To prove to the possum that it could be done. But let me tell you something about a possum. It turns out that a possum is much smarter than you and I think. And this is why. It will not enter a hole if there is only one set of tracks going into it. Because instinctively it knows that something is still in there. But if there are two sets of tracks, it is not afraid to go in because it sees there's a way out. That, my friend, is what the resurrection is all about. There were steps that took him into the tomb. But there's not just one set. There's another set coming out. And that's what we celebrate today. Those steps that lead us out. Hey friend, I've got something to tell you today. He showed us there's a way out. He showed us there's a way over. He showed us there's a way through. That no matter what life can do to you, there's a way out. And the powerful truth of this morning is that he has made a way for all of us because there are tracks leading out of the tomb. Stand with me if you will. I speak the words of the great prophet Paul. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? This is the message that you and I need to hear today. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. You need to say that over some dead stuff in your life right now. He's alive. Yeah, you need to say that over some dead dreams in your life. He's alive. And because He lives, my dreams can live. Because He lives, my hopes can live. Amen, amen, amen.
Michelangelo on one occasion turned to some of his fellow artists in the spirit of indignation and he cried out to them. He said, why do you keep filling gallery after gallery with endless pictures of the one theme of Christ in his weakness? Christ on the cross. And most of all, Christ hanging dead. And why do you concentrate on that one passing episode as if it were the last word? As if the curtain dropped on him and his disaster and defeat came. That dreadful scene lasted only a moment. Yeah. It was only a few days. But to the unending eternity of God. He is alive. And the stone has been rolled away and he rules and reigns forever. And you cannot undo that fact today. Amen. You cannot undo the fact. I don't care how much you want to debate it and argue it and say it is impossible. You cannot put him back in the tomb. You can't put him back in grave clothes. He is alive forevermore. Evermore. Amen. And so we rejoice today. We rejoice today. Oh, I wish I had a young body right now. I'd jump up on this pulpit right now. I've done it before. I would scream as loud as I can because some of you need to hear it. Some of you, 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 you have been in the throes of death so long, you have become convinced that you'll never come out of it. And I've come to proclaim to you today, He's alive. He's alive. He lives. He lives. He lives. He's alive forever, 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 forever. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church talking about the fact that he causes us to triumph. It was the allusion to what happened in that day when kings would come back in from battle and they would display all the trophies of their war, all the victories that they had won and uh, soldiers would be able to participate in that triumphant entry. And Paul said, that's what Jesus Christ has done in our life. He has caused us to triumph over everything. And then he makes a statement. He said, to some, it is the savor of death unto death. But to others, it is the savor of life unto life. There is an aroma in this building today. There is a scent that has permeated this atmosphere. And to some, a few people here today, maybe it just was a stench or perhaps it had no meaning to you. But there's some of you that know what it was to be dead in your trespasses and sin. Did you forget about that? Some of you that remember what it was like being bound by the habits 
and the addictions that you could not break until you found your way to the living Lord. And he was able to break that off of Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what Easter Sunday is about. It's not about this dead piousness that we are so familiar with. But it's alive. It's about life and life eternal. And victory over every sin. Over every trouble. Over every sin. Oh, I, I said something in this morning.